time for episode 114 of the Parkrun Adventurers. It's going to be a good one. We've got the ever affable, ever excited, always wonderful Scotty Trickett here on the virtual podcast couch. How you doing, Scotty? Um, thanks for the uh, pump up in the intro there, Mel. I've, I've never been described that way, but I'm, I'm going to take it this week. And, and I love it that we're doing episode 114 this week. Care to explain why? Is that, do you love it because you managed to skip a whole week of doing the intro and I had to do it two weeks in a row? Well, that's one, one reason. I fear that's going to backfire on me eventually. <laughs> but um, we sh- this should be episode 113. Well, yes, it should. But as it turns out, your superstitions are founded in reality. And it seems that episode 113 was a little bit cursed. Uh, after two attempts to, to get some wonderful guests on the show, uh, we've failed two weeks in a row uh, due to circumstances beyond our control, beyond their control. They do still want to join us. So maybe we'll... we'll rekindle the 113 in the future but for now we're, we're just going to write it off as a bad job and skip straight to 114. Okay yeah, like I said I like it I like it we're doing things differently than every other podcast that just goes. Who's that person who decided that things have to go up in numerical order anyway? Exactly and, and in podcasts like who really cares? <laughs> I think we should say, yes, we've just released episode 400 of the Parkrun Adventures. We don't need to tell everyone that there weren't 400 episodes to get there. Maybe that could be our number next week. But you still went to on your adventure this weekend. So that did, that, we, did. We, didn't, we didn't skip over that. Like the weekend really happened. So tell us about it. You went where? Uh, we went to Darwin last week. That's correct. I remember now. Yes, it was good fun. My second trip to the Northern Territory, which was nice. You know what I really love? I think I've mentioned it before, but I I do super love it. So I'm going to mention it again. When you go on an adventure, a parkrun adventure, to a place that you're you're not normally sort of visiting or anything like that, and you get to experience, you know, the local community and you get to do some tourism things or some not so touristy things, and, you know, it just extends into the rest of the weekend. It satiates the travel bug in me to be able to do not only a new park run, but new places and see new things and introduce my family to them. Speaking of family, so did Wes notch up another park run on his unofficial count? He did not. He, uh, well, he, he went along, but... We had the kind offer from Mark to look after him while we were running this week uh, for both of us to have a run, and Adam decided he would like to do a park run in Darwin without pushing a pram. It was quite humid, and it, uh, it was quite warm also, so the extra resistance or resistance, as we like to call it, um, he was happy to do without. So Wes played quite happily with Mark while we went for a bit of a run and he has not notched up an unofficial event in the Northern Territory so we might just have to head back for him to do that at some point in the future. Was he unofficially volunteering? No, he was just officially playing like a little boy. Very unusual. 
Yeah, I think you know he's he's going forward in leaps and bounds lately, and for the first time, he's he's interested in parks. So I I see the dawning of a new age at Park Run where we're going to be those people who, you know, we do the Park Run and then we we spend some quality time in the post Park Run park with Wes climbing on all the kids jungle equipment and all those sorts of things because he's getting interested in that and interested in other kids and exploring those things. Now, I'm going to spring this on you, Mel, because we hadn't talked about this, but you've gone from one extreme to the other because you're quite the jet setter. You're actually in Melbourne with me uh, tonight as we record this. It's pouring down with rain and it's about five degrees. I'm guessing that wasn't the temperature you experienced in Darwin on the weekend. No, it was not. No. It was much warmer than that in Darwin. But it's it's good to have extremes in life. You, you never want to operate in the grey. You always want to be in the black and the white. But I want to go back to what you said about Wes playing in the park. Because one of the reasons you're down here, well, tell us. Tell us why you're in Melbourne. Because I think this is quite interesting and I reckon our listeners would want to hear more about this. Okay. Well, I'm in Melbourne to attend a conference uh, that's been hosted uh, by La Trobe University and the Australian Sports Commission on a new draft survey. Well, it's not so new. It's It was released originally in 2016, but it's still in draft form because they're consulting with as many stakeholders from the industry that it will affect, i.e. sport and recreation, um, clubs, education professionals and things like that. Uh, and it's all about physical literacy which is a very big, vague almost term, um, not not one that's easily understood without a bit more description, probably. So should I describe it a little yeah, bit better? Dumb it down for me. I'm not. I'm not. A, I'm not a smart bloke, as we've established many times. So physical literacy. What does that actually mean? That's just a fancy term that they came up with in the universities, surely. Well, it, I don't know if it was coined by academics, but it's certainly referred to in the industry uh, when when they're talking about it. So physical literacy is like a holistic approach to um, movement and people's ability and, and their capability to uh, function in, in the physical space, in the outdoors, with movements such as, you know, walking, running, jumping, climbing, uh, all those sorts of things. But it also deals with a lot of their competencies in terms of skill levels at each of those things and, and accuracy and strength and fitness, mobility. Um, but it also deals with the psychological aspects of that, the social aspects of that and the cognitive aspects of that. So how we function socially with exercise and with the psychological effect that exercise has on us, all those sorts of things. It's it's a very integrated approach to basically getting people out and active. And so this is where I want to take it and, and link it because the cognitive side, so you've got Wes out and about playing outdoors and getting his hand in the in the sand, I'm guessing, in, in Darwin, but in the dirt and in the grass and smelling uh, the, the outdoors Testing out all his new motor skills that he's just starting to develop and realise he's got hands and he can do things with his hands, realise he's got legs and they have a function and he can control them to a certain extent. And this is all really important stuff, do you not agree? That we, and it's something that 
I fear maybe our our younger generation have lost a little bit that that maybe you and I had a lot more exposure to. And where I want to go is because, as you know, I launched launched Junior Park Run on the weekend, and and in my role, I've got to think of um, you know dealing with the media and, and explaining why we want to uh, launch Junior Park Run to the kids of Australia. And one of the reasons we want to is because we want to get our kids outdoors to get away from this indoor generation and experience what it's like to be in a park. And and my daughter and, and 145 other kids definitely got to experience that on Sunday at Westerfolds. And 146 so, participants at your first junior park run. Yeah, I'm pretty, I'm pretty happy with that. I know we talked about it on this podcast, but outside of that, there wasn't a great deal of publicity around uh, Junior Park Run coming to, to Melbourne. So 146, so it was a lot of local park runners. It was a pretty savvy park run audience, I've got to say. I think there were a lot of experienced parents that brought their kids along. But I also think there were a lot of kids there that were experiencing park run for maybe not the first time, but maybe the fourth or fifth time because they just they just don't dig the 5K version that much. And, and so takeaway thoughts like what what were your impressions how did the morning go um it went really well it went smoothly everybody had a good time nothing went wrong and I, you know was it a park run highlight for me like overall it was pretty damn close like we we did the warm-up um, I, I was I was unusually a little bit nervous too I've got to admit I uh, I called all our volunteers together early and I was, I was the run director on the morning, and there, I have these 10 to 12 adults staring intently at me, waiting for me to deliver this really important briefing. Um, but I just, I froze a little bit. I felt like I didn't have enough uh, important stuff or stuff of gravitas to, to tell them because they were so in, intently listening. Because all I really wanted them to tell them was that, well, your job is to just look out for the kids, look out for the safety, make sure everybody's having a good time and um, that everybody's doing it safely. And um, so I froze a bit there. I think I was a bit, I fumbled my way through the uh, the general briefing because again, it's a little bit different. It's not parkrun. There's a few more things you have to think about. And I'm so ingrained just doing the usual parkrun spiel that um, I, I was taken out of my comfort zone a little bit. But then we sent the kids off. We, we do the warm-up mail. We've talked about it, so I don't want to go on about it. But I'll, I'll admit that I got a little bit emotional um, just watching because it's pure joy. And um, it was just awesome. Like the kids were happy. The kids were so into it. And we hadn't even started the run part of it yet. So it was it was, it was an awesome morning. I can't wait to do it again here. I wasn't sure if I'd be excited to have park run on Saturday and Sunday and, and as event director be committed to doing it every Sunday. But I can tell you now, sitting here midweek, I, I can't wait for Sunday to come around again. And our volunteer roster is full. Everybody's embraced the extra components around getting you working with children's check. And like all the parents at the moment, parents and families uh, seem really committed to supporting Westerfolds Juniors. Well, you've got my face hurting from smiling. That's yeah. awesome news. I'm glad you had such a good time. But... Most importantly, what did Kasha think of it? Kasha loved it, which was the cherry on top of the cake. Like I said that she was looking forward to it, and she generally was. Wasn't wrapped with the 6.30 start, 
because one thing I wanted to do is I wanted to be prepared. I wanted to make sure everything was ready to go. So I did force uh, my beautiful family to get up a bit earlier and get down to the park in the dark and meet a couple of my other uh, committed volunteers as we set up the course in the dark. Uh, but Kasha did stay in the car and, and sleep a little bit extra. But then she then she got out. And, and the, the beautiful thing is, and this links it back to what you're, um, you're doing with physical literacy, is that then Kasha played with her parkrun friends. And the, the playing outdoors in person is so much different than playing indoors with so many distractions around you, like your, your iPad and your phone or the TV or even just toys in general. When the kids are outdoors, they just run. They just run. We've got a playground at Westerfolds right next to us. And so they're either just running between the playground or running back towards the shelter. And again, it's that pure joy that uh, every parent loves to see their kids experience. Couldn't, couldn't have been better, as I said. Parkrun highlight for me today. I, I can't really remember back to Westerfolds 1 that well. But I think I'll remember Westerfold's junior one pretty well. I hope so anyway. I am getting old. But, uh, <laughs> and you, you told us last week that she was uh, having no choice but to run on her own. That's because, you know, you and Vonnie were both volunteering. Did she enjoy running on her own? She like did. being old enough to, to, to get out there and be supervised on the course by the marshals? Absolutely. There was no problems there whatsoever. And she did a handy time. Like she did 10 minutes something. So she was running, she was running five minute Ks. <laughs> which, <laughs> she could have gone back for seconds. Which is pretty good. And, and I, I saw her across the line and her face was red and she was, you know, like she'd put in an effort. And But I also think that she was also proud that she did finish in the whole 2K. And she ran the whole K, the whole distance. And she ran it all by herself. Um, so I think there was there was a lot of... You know, pride, internal pride for, for Kasha. And again, as a parent, that's all you want. You want your kids to have fun and be proud of themselves. Well, well done, Team Trickett. So I, but I encourage other parents, if, if they're on the fence, um, please don't. Please embrace your, your junior park runs if you've got one near you and bring your kids down. And, and I know that I got a couple of messages. I asked kids for some reviews and I only got 10 out of 10 reviews. I did get one. 100 out of 10 review, which I was pretty chuffed with. And um, I, th- I then speak to a few parents and they said, we love it, but it's it's an hour away. So that there's a few people that travelled a bit to get to the first event, but I, f- I feel like they're stuck now because the kids loved it and they might have to come back. <laughs> well, they might need to make it perhaps once a month or Maybe. come to some sort of compromise. With yeah. The yeah. All bodes well for the future, though. I think so. I think so. I think we're on a winner. next guest is is making quite a name for herself in the long stuff and she is literally on the road returning from a massive trip over to Europe for a a long bumpy run over in Spain. So to tell us all about it, welcome to the Parkrun Adventurers, Steph Austin. Hello and thank you for having me. (laughs) So we, we, we pounced at the opportunity to get you fresh off your adventure in Spain. I'm not even going to have a guess at how to pronounce the event that you were running in, but I saw a video during the week. Do you want to tell us what you got up to over there? Because it looked a bit crazy. Um, so there's um, the brand that I'm sponsored by, Salomon, has launched this golden trail series, and it is um, five races, and this is the first race in the 
to Stefan in terms of cheer squads they they certainly do get behind the runners there I imagine that I mean the elevation that people are running up while they're cheering them along it looks ridiculous but they are just screaming and they don't stop clapping for all all the runners how how much does that play into people not stopping to walk up those inclines and just to keep running through all the burning of the legs well, I think we, um, all of us, including like the ones that win, end up hiking at the end, like hiking the really steep. It's just because it's like over 30% gradient and it's that steep. But you just try to do as quick as possible. You do try to run for the crowd. Um, they're just so passionate. And I think it's the Tour de France of trail running over there. So the crowd made such a difference. Like I was pretty cooked. <laughs> but you just like, they're so passionate. They've been out there all day just camping on this mountain. And, they have so much energy and it is contagious, so it certainly helps to get to the um, the top of the mountain. Not that quickly, but probably quicker than if they weren't there. <laughs> but yeah, it was amazing. <laughs> You've been pretty busy. So you, you mentioned there that you did it off the back of uh, UTA in the Blue Mountains. Uh, you did pretty well there. Were you happy with how you ran there? Yeah, that was a, I, I was really happy with that race. Like, it was a true race. Me and the girl... Um, Ilya, who's an Italian runner, we were like neck and neck really the whole, I think, for 45 kilometres. So really passed each other about 10 times. And I like to race, so it was quite exciting to really push. And like I tried to drop on one of the stands and then she'd catch me in on the climb. And it was a true race, which I don't think brings out the best to you. Um, I popped with about five days to go and um, really, yeah, sort of crawled home and managed to hold on to the second. But 
okay the good thing like you know you know you've really reached your limit at that point so um i think um yeah i was really happy that like she's a really good runner she trained for western states and i knew she'd be strong so yeah it was good to um to like really race her for so much of the race even though i didn't hold on to the win i was pretty thankful to hold on and you did that on the back of Wings for Life down here in Melbourne. Yeah, that was the most random thing that happened. I'd always wanted to do Wings for Life, but um, I didn't think it was going to work with my schedule because it was quite busy. But I did do the competition on Strava, like just like a any competition, just not thinking I'd win. But I actually randomly got my name pulled out of a drawer and they flew me to Melbourne to run in the to run in the actual Wings for Life. Run. So, um, and I work, I'm a physio, so I work with um, people with spinal cord injury, and it's yeah, definitely um, my core quite close to home. So, I was like very keen to experience it. I tried to be a bit more controlled. I didn't know how um, I would go, and I was trying to be thinking with UTA and second month, end of the month, not to go too crazy. I went to over a marathon, which is good, but I think the car caught me at 43 and a half kilometers. but it was such an amazing like thing to be a part of with all the lights, and then when the car comes, you try to like outrun it again, and uh, it was a very um I guess it was one of those other just like Bergamite, the the crowd and the cause definitely pushed you to go that little bit further, which is um, which is really good. I don't know how you've got anything in the legs to still push harder at forty three <laughs> kilometres, even if there's a car chasing you down. Steph, how do you manage like the, these are big races there's a lot of distance in there and I imagine of course there's training in between as well how do you cope with that kind of level of k's you must be doing heaps of k's every week yeah I do I build out my kilometers over a very long period of time and I sort of sit at the final level I have done quite a few races this year and I'm done now that I'm back in Australia I'm going to take it easy for a couple of weeks just to let the legs recover um, yeah, it's, they do get sore, they do get tired, but I do, I just generally love running and I'm, um, I'm very lucky that my body's like holding together, I haven't really had any injuries at all, so I've been, um, very fortunate that way and I like to run, I run soft surfaces, I mix up my terrain, and I try some training and I think all that kind of stuff just helps and I know, I just, I just generally love running, I'm one of those people who want to run, I want to be I love your attitude and your goals. That's Those are very lofty goals to have. Yeah. Now, you, you've got more plans for more adventures coming up in the not-too-distant future, though, not waiting till we're on the wheelie walkers. What's happening later on this year for you? Uh, so I'll be in race just for a bit of training in Australia for the next little bit, but I'm um, going to go over to France and do the, the OCC, which is, a part of the Ultra Trail Mont Blanc um, running festival. It's the shortest distance, but it's like still like 50 something kilometers. Um, so I'm going to do that in August. And then in September, I'm going to, I 
because they're part of the Sky Running Team for Australia, and I'll be able to race um, that race over in Scotland. So, um, uh, yeah, I'm very fortunate that running has set me some pretty cool places. So um, that's the, um, I guess, they're the goals for the future. And then Melbourne, I'd like to join another marathon this year. I didn't have a very successful marathon earlier in the year, so hopefully might do Melbourne Marathon um, and, yeah, try to definitely better my PB because I think it's <laughs> Steph, you, you're having a lot of success lately. Where has your running background come from? Because have you just sort of appeared on the scene in the last few years? Were you running a lot in your childhood or what's your running background? Um, I always did lots of like sport as a kid and I'd always do cross country at school. Um, I did cross country for about four years and I didn't really live anywhere like school was very important. So I didn't really do, um, I guess, little athletics or do any, I didn't really have a coach. And then when I started to do not too bad at running, I was about 15, and I got picked up by the triathlon crew, and they tried to, I got picked up by the national talent identification, and I ended up doing tries for the next six years, so not much running and lots of swimming and bike, which at the time I, I enjoyed, and I think looking back, it's given me a huge engine, which has been, um, I think probably one of the reasons why I've remained uninjured. Um, but, and I didn't, you know, I was very, yeah, very lucky to um, have had really good coaches through that time. But it got to a point where I guess, like, the uni didn't want to do this. So I did half Ironman and I, I was like, I was not enjoyable. And I was like, oh, I just like running and with uni and work. I got a video. So I'm like, oh, it's so much easier just to run. It's what I like the most. So, yeah, they decided to focus a bit more on running. When I was about 23, um, I started park run at Lake Mac, which was, um, which was really good. Um, me and my mum went along. And, yeah, since then, just focused on running. And I just, I've always been good at the longest stuff. And now I didn't really know about the trail running world. Or I was always sort of the young to do a marathon. But now I'm sort of an age where, it, yeah, I'm sort of hitting my prime of, or I guess, well, and what we also love is that you're a, a genuine park runner. You've done, you just completed your 150th park run, but you're also on the run directing team at Marimbula. So you obviously love being part of park run. Yeah, I am. I owe a lot to park run. I am. Um, I remember going to my first ever one at Lake Mac, I think it was back in 2013, um, and just thinking this is such a cool idea. Like, I'd done the Newcastle cross country thing before, like when I was younger, but the fact that this was every week, it was always 5k, um, the start of the year, everything more. And I was in the uni, I was based down in Summerland, and I was out there with Armadale and I was in But yeah, so I'm, yeah. I moved to Marine Villa because it had a park run and it looked, and I was like, oh, if I want to move anywhere to start my you know, working career, I'd really like to do a park run in life so I could you know, make some fellow running friends, people to train with, and been really fortunate to um, move to Marine Villa. Um, since moving here, the Vega park run started up and the, um, we've started a run club, the Sapphire Coach Runners, who now have, I think, over 100 members. Um, we're very lucky to have quite a tricky 
little park run that goes along our boardwalk and in the summer it can be quite crazy because we get so many people on our little boardwalk. But um, yeah, in the past year I've also picked up being a run director, just the idea of wanting to give back to the running community that's you know, given so much to me. So um, I'm really lucky I live 400 metres away from our race start. So it was very strange. start Steph you're you're almost at 20 in fact you might be over 20 have you done any international events oh not international park runs um trying to think so oh we did a pop-up park we did the Dubai Marathon earlier in the year and um there's like a group of us runners South Africa coast so we did our own pop-up park run the day after the marathon so it was a very funny display of us eight runners hobbling up and down this little street. <laughs> but, um, no, I actually haven't done an official one yet, but I think hopefully when I go to um, France and Scotland later in the year that I will, um, my marker is permanently attached to my favourite set of shoes. So um, it goes wherever I go. So hopefully if there's a park run nearby, I'll be able to yeah, get a couple of international ones on the card too. Nice work. I love your commitment. Can you tell us a little bit more? We we have spoken to Lucy Bartholomew about sky running a long time ago, but for the new listeners, can you tell us a bit more about sky running? Yeah, it's um it's pretty crazy. <laughs> um, it does lots of going up and down. I guess um, there's like I've never seen a vertical kilometre before, and that's something I got to see when I was in Spain, which is pretty much a race where you have to go a thousand metres of vertical gain over a three or five kilometre circuit, which is, as you can imagine, is very steep. Um, so, and sky running is just a certain amount of vertical gain over a distance. So, in the race, I just did was 42 kilometres, and we had, I think, 2,600 metres of gain, so that puts it in that category. Um, in Australia, like the Buffalo Stampede, another one this year, it's another classified as sky running event. So essentially just you have to do a certain amount of up. I don't know the exact number, but the certain amount of up over a distance. So yeah, it's just a really cool concept that is very European and I hope that we get some more in Australia because especially I just watched some like the vertical kilometer. It was quite um novel idea and it was amazing to watch and I feel that we might not be able to get a complete vertical kilometre in um, some inner bits of Australia but we could certainly have some pretty steep hill climbs that would um, be great spectacles to watch. I know we've got some of them in Sydney but um, yeah I think yeah, sky running is it's exciting and it's hard but it's um, 
yeah, trail running's really taking off and see all these different types of running's really taking off, which um, I think is really exciting. So I'll give anything a go. So <laughs> it's good. It's good, but you mentioned it's hard. So I want to know, what's your approach to when it gets really steep and you've got those long sections uphill? Is that where you uh, thrive? Is that where you tend to overtake people? Or are you good on the downhills? What's your approach to like running uphill? I, I do really like going up, but I, I probably, yeah, I would say I'm probably stronger going up than going down, especially if it's technical. I am... Um, but I'm very much a runner, so I like to be able to run up every hill and I struggle when it gets to that 30 plus percent and you have to sort of go into that power hike. Um, but I think it's just, I do like the grind and uh, like six foot track this year, which I ran, um, I was really happy because I managed to run all that, that, thing, that entire race and I really enjoyed that second half, which was all mostly uphill and just getting stuck into a bit of a rhythm and just, yeah, just chipping away. Yeah, you don't feel like you're going really slowly, but then you're still climbing people. So, um, yeah, I do like to grind. But then at the same time, there's nothing quite like once you reach the top of the hill and you've got a really nice flowing descent or a single track just to really, I guess, open up the gas a little bit and just see, um, they just let you let go. So, um, yeah, I like um. I like both, but I couldn't, yeah, it, it would be very hard if you just did the up. I think you wouldn't get the reward of going down again. <laughs> and I also want to touch on running fast. Now, I've run Marimbula Park Run. I went there once, and you mentioned the boardwalks. How, how do you approach that, running fast on those boardwalks? Because I wasn't going anywhere near your speed, but I definitely found it a bit dicey in sections. Definitely um, don't do crazy, like, crazy fast runs. I've done a couple of times, I think I get to 1730 on that course, but I don't usually do that at the moment. Um, just with, like, just with the people walking and um, we like to, um, I guess, keep it share with the public and we really have to be very careful. We want to keep our park run, like our city park run where it is. Um, but yeah, we just go single file and I just get this, one of those runs where you just Enjoy. You still run hard in sections, and I think sometimes it's sort of like a, like a fight leg session because you sort of go, oh, if I go quick now, I'll be able to overtake that person, then I've got to duck in for a little bit. Um, yeah, it's probably not um, one to be doing lots of TVs on, but I think the scenery makes up for it. And I do like running on the boardwalk surface because the tide makes it like the climb when the tide is quite high, it's very spicy and a bit slow, but when the tide is low, it's all like a track. So it's um, everyone's different, which is um, really good. So yeah, it, it can be quite dicey running along the uh, boardwalk with um, putting our records 180 people. So yeah, um, yeah, those little wooden butts hoping that they'll hold everybody up, and they have. <laughs> That's a good thing. Marimbula Park Run sounds more and more attractive every time I speak to somebody who's been there or run the course. It's uh, it's also made it into a lot of people's top three park runs, which is something that we haven't asked a guest in a while, Steph, but I wouldn't mind. Of all the park runs you've visited, can you give us a top three? Marimbula can't be included because it's your home park run and uh, you're a little bit biased okay. there. Yes. <laughs> um, okay, I've done... Ooh, okay, I've done um, it from a... 
hard point of view, like which makes it sort of enjoyable flat in um in Newcastle, despite because it's just so challenging, it's quite um it's a really good one. I did like all cream, which was along the um you would cross over the Murray River. I found that one was really um yeah, it was really pretty, it was a nice white path and it was quite a quick one, so that was yeah, a good one. Uh, Torquay, I've recently done Torquay and it was um, along where I've done an ultra run and it was really gorgeous along the ocean. So, yeah, I'd say probably yeah, black spot just because it's so unique and hard. Um, Torquay because it's pretty and same with um, all River Docker. Great stuff. Steph, you're on your way back home to Marimula. Thank you very much for making the time to chat to us after you've flown so far and driven so far. You were, we, we did a survey last year and asked our listeners who they wanted to interview and your name popped up a couple of times. So I'm really uh, great that we've had this chance to chat to you and good luck on all those uh, upcoming adventures you've got planned. Yeah, thank you so much. Thank you for having me on. It's, um, I really do love Howdy parkrunners, it's Toc reporting in for the Channel 5 News crew. I'm out at Highlands today where they're celebrating their fifth birthday with a Hawaii theme. I'm walking around with a crew of guys at the end of the field. Uh, we've got lays everywhere, we've got grass skirts, we've got all sorts of stuff going on out here. We've got floral bikinis uh, and it's just a sensational day out here. The course is a three lapper, runs around a lake, around one of the Stockland estates. Um, really great, great interaction between the runners as they go past. And today I'm walking with Rowan. Rowan's the ambassador for the area. Howdy, Rowan. Good morning, Toc. Good morning, everyone. So, Rowan, what do you um, think about the Highlands course? It's a fantastic course. It's, it's relatively flat on a beautifully well-defined path. Great for prams. And, um, yeah, real mix with the lake in the middle. Um, a few boardwalks to go over, a couple of bridges, and... Um, yeah, perfect on a morning like this. Nice, cool morning. Lovely bit of sunshine. Uh, um, the um, the team out here uh, put on a really great show, but I'm really impressed at the number of park runners that have embraced the Hawaii theme. We've got more floral skirts and lays and Hawaii shirts and stuff going on than I've probably seen at another park run. Yeah, no, Highlands is um, one of the original park runs of Melbourne and. Uh, Gary and Sue here to do a fantastic job. It's a really dedicated group of park runners, well established, and um, yeah, they it, it's it's just a fantastic event. And look, I've got to be um, suitably impressed. You know, after we went to Shell Harbour and we had the things like the Trickett Bridge, I've got to got to put a plug in here. Gary's put a tox turn in up on the wall. I'm pretty impressed with that. I know it's fantastic. You've got your own turn. We've got a photo of you there. So um, no, you. Uh, yeah, you're being well appreciated today, quite nice. So now we're just trying to work out how where we put Rowan's ramp in, or is it, uh, <laughs> how do we go with that one? I know, we've, we've um, yeah, I, I've, uh, I can't see Trickett's Bridge uh, clearly labelled today, which is a bit disappointing, but um, no, it, it's great to have a turn named after you. Beautiful. All right, um, well, we might call it a day there. We're um, 
about 4k into our leisurely stroll around the uh, course and uh, as I said sun shining beautiful course ducks are everywhere get on down to Highlands it's a great course to come to I'm uh, at the finish of Highlands we're sitting here we've got coffee we've got cake there's cakes the tox happy that's always a good thing um, as I said before glorious sunny day beautiful lake to walk around or to run around if you're that way inclined I walked today it was great I'm with Sue and John at the finish line. Um, these guys both clocked over 100 volunteer efforts last year, um, which is just an incredible contribution. Um, the community out here is great. And uh, welcome, guys. Welcome to the podcast, Sue. Yeah, thanks for having us, Tony. I'm just um, wrapped to be here today. Number five. I believe it. It's been five years since we started. Yeah, it's a long time. Yeah. Uh, John, you're out taking a lot of photos today out around the course. I do my best work just taking pictures of people and seeing people enjoying themselves, having a good time. And that's really what it's all about. It's just living life, keeping fit, meeting wonderful people. And, I mean, when I first came here, it was like uh, I sort of came here with, oh, okay, we'll, we'll do it and see what it's all about. And now it's just, it's a part of our lives now. We're just yeah. Park runs a part of our lives. And you've got an incredible community out here. I was talking to Rowan before on our walk. And I said, I haven't been to an event where the participation rate in people putting, you know, today's theme Hawaii. There is so many Hawaiian shirts and grass skirts and that. I haven't seen a participation rate like that. That's incredible. So you've obviously got a great community out here. Oh, absolutely. I think it's just really grown organically. We haven't done anything specific, have we, John? And uh, in fact, I'm not a runner. And uh, I think that's part of the beauty of it. It's just, uh, it's really been about community and everyone getting involved. Yeah. And it doesn't matter what your ability is, uh, everyone's welcome and everyone's cheered on. So we, we like to say we've got a secret weapon. We've got a Gary Murphy. Yeah, we've got a Gary Murphy. <laughs> yeah, Gaz is ace. Yeah. It's yeah. just infectious. People come along and they, uh, once they get the joining with what it's all about, whether you come along to run, walk, uh, just to socialise, get a little bit of exercise in the morning, it's, it's a great environment. And it, it roll, rolls on from there. People just sort of join in with the activities that we do. It's all about community. It's all about getting to know people and uh, having, having, you know, enjoying life. It's a really, po it's a really positive thing, isn't it? Yeah, very yeah. positive atmosphere. Mate, you've got a great community out here, and congratulations on the fifth birthday. And uh, as I said, lots of cake. That's fantastic. I love cake. <laughs> oh, yes, yeah, let's eat up and grab some beautiful coffee from the cafe and uh, enjoy the day. Well done, guys. And also, as well as the Gary Murphy, we have a suit. It's absolutely <laughs> oh, awesome. Thanks, John. <laughs> thanks, John. Thank well done. Thanks, John. Thank so, cheers. More familiar voices. Well, to me, anyway, out at Highlands. So, thanks, Toc or submitting a report for their Hawaiian-themed anniversary. Um, and I just wanted to touch on, so we're really appreciative of Steph. I know there was a few challenges with the audio there, but she literally was driving from Sydney Airport to her home um, on some back streets in the middle of the night. So it's getting late. I mean, are you still with us, Mel? I know. It's, I'll hang um, in <laughs> You've had a long day too. Yes, I have. I, I was up at four o'clock this morning to fly to Melbourne, so I'm um, I'm hanging in there. Is the terminology, but you know what? There's still more to talk about, so I reckon we've got a few more minutes to go. Well, you know what we didn't do in the intro is you you didn't tell me about Nightcliff because this was a new event and we don't know anything about it. And it's one more event that you've gone ahead of me on the most events list that we're not paying attention to anymore. <laughs> but I just think it's relevant that we bring it up because when I do pass you, I'm going to bring it up every week. 
<laughs> for somebody who's not paying attention to it, you seem to be highlighting it a lot lately. I, I, the purpose, the main purpose for heading back to the Northern Territory was to reclaim the Northern Compass Point that I lost when Nightcliff launched uh, some 13 weeks ago. I didn't realise, and there's another auspicious 13 there. It was, it was uh, event number 13 when I was there on the weekend. So it's like all the stars were aligning. It's a little bit eerie. Hmm. Uh, but so yes. should, should this be episode 113? Forget everything we said at the start? Nah, I no. don't reckon. Good, good. I still think the jinx is, is well enough. I mean, look, we people aren't going to realise this because you are such a whiz in the editing suite. However... We took about five or six phone calls to get that interview with Steph because of all the little black spots she drove through into the middle of the night. So I, I think that little curse is following us along the yeah. way. It's, it's like it wants to be episode 113, but we're, we're just not going to let it happen. So not, not yet anyway. And don't forget we had a power blackout where I am. <laughs> we did. <laughs> all of a sudden, and this could be a bit tragic, but I hear this massive thump and then I lose all power. Yes, we can't joke about that. We don't know what that thump was. This is all not relevant to Nightcliff. Nightcliff. <laughs> it's late. It's late. <laughs> it is late. And and we're possibly in, in Zid. In Zid? With Nightcliff? <laughs> no, that's next week, Mel. We're doing the accents. Next week. <laughs> okay, sorry. Give too much I'm, away. <laughs> I'm all off on the accents tangent. Um... Yes, Nightcliff was awesome. Uh, it, it's a worthy successor to the northernmost compass point. It's actually – so you know how – well, maybe you don't know, but I think I've explained it in the past. At Darwin, you're pretty much running along cliffs. Um, so the water, like the edge of the water where there are crocodiles and jellyfish and all the terrible, nasty things that will kill you in the, the ocean – um, they're all quite far away because you're you're fairly elevated. Ironically, Nightcliff is right down on the water. So <laughs> it's there, there are cliffs somewhere along like the course. However, where you start and finish in the park, there you can actually walk straight out onto the sand. And um, there is a little bit of sign, a warning sign. It does not do with crocs. It has to do with asbestos. So they encourage you not to pick things up off the beach because they could be asbestos. What? And and asbestos is pretty okay if you don't touch it. It's only when you disturb it that the fibres get loosened and things like that. So What's it doing at the beach? Well, I think that's probably um, a relic of – olden cyclone days where Darwin got flattened and all the buildings uh. had asbestos in them and so all the pieces went everywhere. Uh, that's that's my uneducated uh, opinion, I think. Um, it's, it could be based a little bit on hearsay, but it's certainly not based on any actual research. So I'm okay. not going... But there's a real sign, so it's a real... Oh, yeah, there's a real sign. There's a real warning sign there, which I went up to read because I was fully expecting it to be about crocodiles or jellyfish, and it wasn't. It was about asbestos. So anyway, um, 
but that's not on the course. You don't have to worry about that on the course. The course is beautiful, lovely wide paths meandering all along the coastline. There's a bridge, Scotty, a bridge to make you proud. I actually took run fees on the bridge to share with you, so I will send you some of those pics later on. It was a stunning sunrise as well. I, I don't know why, but we all had this expectation that because we were further north, the sun should be up earlier, but it's not. It's dark. It's dark up there in the morning. And so it only just was rising as we got to start the run, which was really beautiful to see. We got to, to run with the sunrise. And, yeah, lovely course, awesome volunteers. It's got everything you want in a park run. So head, head to the Northern Territory. It was even a beautiful temperature when we were running, which was very surprising to me. It was much more comfortable than when I was in Darwin last. It was much more comfortable, according to Maddie, than when he was there last. We both of us got Northern Territory PVs. That was always good. I ran the whole way. That was always also good, uh, especially since I was rethinking that idea at about 500 metres and then a kilometre and then two kilometres and then four kilometres. I rethink running the whole way a lot, actually, lately. Most people do, Mel. It's okay. But then I'm always glad at the end when I have run the whole way. And look, I even sprinted the last 300 metres or what I classify as a sprint because I, I had the opportunity to get under 39 minutes and I was going to make that happen and I did. So well I was very proud of myself. Great effort. And was it good running with Adam? Uh, I didn't run with Adam. We ran at the same time. <laughs> Once again, he took the opportunity to not actually run with his wife. One day, one day perhaps he will, he will run with me. I have to have a chat to that man. I'm not going to hold my breath. Okay. For the running with me part, not the chat. You can chat to him all the time. <laughs> I don't think it's going to help. I'll try. We might not stay on topic, but I'll, I'll have a chat to him. <laughs> okay, well, that's great. That's a great recap of Nightcliff. And there was no sign of David Hasselhoff or Kit. No, Just there was to clear not. That up. But it was still very cool. There was La Tigra and Blue Steel getting about on the course. That was also very cool. I don't understand cool. any of that. Don't understand you don't understand any of that. That's fine. There was, but. Oh, on the weekend, did you know that there was there were adventurers bait placed at an anniversary which may or may not have had a roving reporter at it? Did you see that? No. You didn't see the bait? Oh, yes, I did. I did. I know what you're talking about now. Oh, not, not a bait so much as a lure, which I guess is a nicer word for saying bait. <laughs> hey, on that, on that. So this is relating to our... Um, Number one fan, Melissa Ellis, to get into the Channel 5 news crew. Now, I recall at the time, I said, Mel, I think that's a bit tough. But you were you were adamant. You say, if you, she, we're going to make it work for it. But um, we haven't heard from her for a few weeks. No, well, she's starting to work for it now. She's putting <laughs> out donuts and tropical pineapple chocolate at parkrun events to attract Mel's and Scotty's. I like I like the um, tactics she's using here. No, I'm, I'm not. Can we at least um, flex, relax the rules a little bit that I could be one of the Scotties and, and potentially you could be one of the Mel's? Because I was with her on the weekend. She came to Juniors. She helped me. And I'm pretty sure we could have found a Mel. Well, I don't, I don't even really remember what the um, 
the rules were. Was, was, was that one of the rules? That <laughs> it was we so long ago. Out? This is my point. This is my point. <laughs> yes, I think you you created the rule that it couldn't be either you or me. Oh, okay. Oh, I created. I I feel like there's a lot of blame. <laughs> Lane happening here, and I'm not entirely sure that I am 100% responsible. Well, go back and listen and prove <laughs> Do you me wrong. What episode it was in? <laughs> no, but I'm not singing again, so I'm not going to say anything more. Ooh. Let's move on to that's a great reason to go back and listen to episode 99 again. launches and anniversaries. This is a little segment that we do and we've been doing since episode one. Mel? So let's continue let's continue that tradition at least. Okay. So do we have any launches this week? <laughs> <laughs> we we have one launch this week and it's in the far flung land of Tasmania. Never been there, you know? Never been to Tassie, never been to the Northern Territory. Dude, you need to get yourself I do. along. I do. These are amazing parts of our country. Absolutely stunning parts of our country. I feel like all I do now is go to Queensland. <laughs> and I to, I'm a bit over it. Like, I'm going to start going to other parts of the country. We'll do it. Stop talking. Let's talk more action. Yep. Well, it's that's not going to be this week. It's not going to be this week. I'm telling you now. But that's great. That's great for Tassie. Bernie Park Runs launching. Anniversaries? Anniversaries. We've got them all over the place this week. We've got Ballarat in Victoria. Also, this Berenbar. is me prompting you, Scotty. <laughs> Have you got a calendar open? Yep, here it is. Berenbar in Queensland, is that right? Berenbar? Berenbar. Yeah, that's correct. Yep. Bowen also in Queensland. Canning River in WA. Narrabri in New South Wales. Sandon Point in New South Wales. And West Beach in South Australia. That's a nice smattering right there, isn't it? Yep. So where are we heading this week, Mel? Ah, uh, this week I'm on Sunshine Coast turf, but I'm not going to share with you where I'm going to be. Maybe we can have a chat about that next week. Are you going anywhere new? Are you going to try to start catching up to me? Because I'm streaking ahead here, Scotty. I know, I know. So I'm, again, not sure. I'm going on a hot date. Ooh. I've got a hot weekend planned with uh, some... Hopefully your wife. Well, I think she's accepted. I think she's coming. <laughs> You'll have to check your Google calendar to see if she said yes. <laughs> I invited her. So, fingers crossed she shows up. But we're going to have a, a night away. And it might it might be near another park run. It depends if I'm allowed to go or not. Okay. But I think I will be. Intriguing. Hmm. Mm. But um, I think I'll get another event up and I'm off on another adventure. Mm. Well, I look forward to having you draw a little bit closer to me on the list, but not so close as to tie or overtake me. And that wraps up episode 114, our 113th episode of the Parkrun Adventurers. It's late. You've done well, Mel. Oh, thank you, Scotty. It's actually now physically tomorrow. It is. <laughs> so we're going to be, we're we're recording on the day we're going to be releasing. Well, there you go. That, that almost never often. happens. <laughs> no. 
<sighs> so there we go. So thank you. And I just got an email. <laughs> he sends emails at midnight. I don't know the UK. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's not midnight where they are. No, it's not. Well, happy Thursday, UK. No, happy Wednesday. It's still Wednesday. <laughs> still Wednesday. Yeah, Wednesday. Yeah. <laughs> we're in. We live in the future. All right, Parkrun Adventurers, we're going to sign done. off now because we're 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 just devolving into chaos here. No, nothing good ever happened after midnight. Just ask Cinderella. <laughs> <laughs>